0: What are the scientific benefits of meditation? (laughs) Uh, To be honest, there's none. (laughs) 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 Hello and welcome to the Mind Detox Podcast. Here, we're going to discover a new way to think, feel and heal while exploring our spiritual side. I'm your host, Sandy Newbigging, also known as the Mind Detox Monk. Because, well, I'm a monk and a meditation teacher, and for the past 15 years or so, I've been working with people from around the world using a method that I accidentally created called Mind Detox. Mind Detox is all about curing the unconscious causes of physical, emotional, or life issues. So stick around if something is going on in your body, emotions, or life, and you don't know why, because we'll be exploring the possible mind-based causes during this or an upcoming episode. As a monk who's written 12 books and meditated for thousands of hours, the topics of inner peace and living in the present moment will most likely be a thread that runs through many of our episodes. So stick around again if you want to stress less and be still more. This podcast includes highlights from my online club and academy meetings, expert interviews, guided meditations, and more all so that you can cure the cause and master peace for today's episode i'm sharing a fun and fascinating chit chat with dr david hamilton ex-scientist and best-selling author of 10 books including how your mind can heal your body we had this conversation when my body cam book was originally released so if you want to read it or any of david's books go to minddetoxmonk.com or drdavidhamilton.com. Stay tuned to learn about the significant scientific benefits of meditation. We have arranged to talk about the scientific benefits of meditation. Yep. And as you know, in uh, the new Body Calm book, yep. uh, of which I've got a copy here, um, it's split into different, three different parts. And the first part is the Body calm meditation technique itself. Um, and it's designed in order to help to give the body permission to access deeper realms of rest, but also clean up the communications happening between the mind and body Mm. through the healing of beliefs like I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm unsafe. And and these sorts of beliefs that keep people in, in fight or flight or freeze. And I, and I wanted to talk to you uh, about the scientific benefits of meditation uh, mm. because you were very instrumental and really helped with that chapter in the book when I, I talked about that. Mm. Um, so what are the scientific benefits of meditation? <laughs> uh, to be honest, there's none. There's
1: tons. I mean, to be honest, There's been loads of research in this. Some of the from from actual neurological research looking at actual changes in the physical structure of the brain. So you know, in the prefrontal cortex here, research shows that it actually becomes more densely wired. You know, almost like thicker in some respects, but more densely wired, meaning there's far more processing power, and you know people might wonder, well, what does that actually mean? Well, what it actually means is when there's more wiring and processing power here, this is the area that allows you to feel, you know, positive emotion and gratitude and on the left-hand side, compassion and and also be able to be, be creative, be in, in control of your emotions and actually feel all around much more yourself. Mm. And, and so meditation therefore gives you, enhances all of these kind of things through that direct impact on the, the prefrontal cortex of the brain, but it also has effects on the cardiovascular system, the immune system, actually right down to the genetic level, which even affects how fast or slow a person ages.
0: Well, I mean, when I was looking at the research that, you know, you very kindly pointed in my directions, it was, a lot of it was, what was interesting about it was the fact that a lot of the studies were not just saying that meditation might have a, a mediocre, impact. But I was surprised, even by someone who meditates, <laughs> I was surprised by the amount of times I read the word significant mm. impact. Yeah. Um, in the in the physiological stress and the psychological stress as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that is significant. That's a word that scientists don't often use too lightly. I know. It, it, mean, it means what it says on the tin, so to speak. It really is, you know, a big deal, you know, because when, when you're looking at, you know for example impacts on a a person's mental and emotional health when someone might be experiencing for a while a lot of stress for example and therefore the biology of stress which involves you know elevated cortisol levels and adrenaline levels and you know different chemicals in the brain and then you're moving to a state through a short time practice of feeling more calm. And in and of yourself and therefore you're moving from that state of stress to a state of calm and the biology of the body reflects that so what you're seeing is an actual massive very significant as they say shift in the biology but also that massive shift in how a person actually feels and I think anyone like yourself who've, who's practiced meditation you know yourself I mean when I sometimes I can go in meditation from feeling a little bit kind of you know tired or, or even you know a little bit kind of under the weather, for example, and then literally within sometimes within two or three minutes, I'm sitting going, "My God!" And actually, sometimes it can feel that little kind of tickly, and and it's almost like a wave of calm.
0: Yeah.
1: And and sometimes that comes within two or three minutes. You it's
0: know. amazing, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. And you know, and you don't even need a scientist to tell you that that shift is significant because you know yourself and you think that is pretty major. There, exactly. in just a couple of minutes.
0: Exactly. Now, in the book, I talked about um, benefits to aging, benefits to the heart, benefits to pain relief, um, and then more specifically, people with like multiple sclerosis and um, uh, fibromyalgia. I don't know if I to say that one. <laughs>
1: fibromyalgia. <If you're> <laughs> yeah.
0: Like very specific conditions as well as more general things. Um, mm. One of them I want to, I'd love you to share is the one about the telomeres and yeah. aging. Can you can you kind of give a bit of background as, as a scientist yourself, um, what's going on there and why can meditation potentially help us live longer? Yeah, well,
1: well telomeres are, you, scientists often liken them to the little plastic cap that you get on a pair of shoelaces, you know, you, on your shoelaces that allow you to thread them through the holes, you've got a little plastic cap, and if the plastic cap begins to to wear down, then what happens is your shoelace phrase. Yeah. Now that's a very good analogy for for DNA because your DNA has a little cap. It's not made of plastic, of course. It's made of proteins, but <laughs> it's called the telomere. But what it does is, when DNA is is opening, DNA unzips and it's been, you know, copied, replicated, and stuff. Uh, the little plastic cap prevents it from fraying. You know, the, 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 the little protein cap protect, prevents it from fraying. If that gets worn down then just like a shoelace phrase, then the DNA, the shoelace phrase, and you can't use it anymore or you can't thread it through the hole, then DNA become, you know, ultimately the cell dies. Right. You know, so so the length of a person's telomeres, which grind down, actually, like you're, you're sanding down a shoelace thing, your, your telomeres actually grind down through mental and emotional stress, through lifestyle stress, through, you know, general aging. It's wear and tear. Mm-hmm. So the length of a person's telomeres in some respects, it's quite an accurate predictor of of a person's, bio or a quite accurate indicator of a person's biological age,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: And, and what the research in meditation has shown, you know, there's, there's a few different pa- pieces of, of research, but one of them that, that's really significant, people went on a meditation retreat, and, and what the scientists measured was a little enzyme called A's. and A's is supposed to build telomeres, right? And what they found in this meditation retreat is that telomere A's was actually increasing, which was suggesting that the meditation practice was actually rebuilding the telomeres, or at the very least, at the absolute minimum, it was stopping them wearing down compared to someone who wasn't, you know undergoing the meditation. Research has shown a similar phenomenon with women who'd recovered from breast cancer, who went through chemotherapy and stuff, and then one group meditated, one group didn't, and the one who didn't, the one who didn't meditate, the telomeres were grinding down, but the ones who were practising in meditation, their telomeres were unaffected at all. So it was an antidote to this aging process. So so meditation... Uh, I, am, I
0: remember, am I remembering rightly that the, in that uh, study with the woman, um, they were also they were doing meditation and... Uh, some sort of talking group therapy yeah,
1: yeah. as well yeah, yeah. It, it, was part of, it was part of the whole thing you know it's like a almost like an emotion it's like in some respects like an emotional release type yeah. like talking kind of therapy but what, that in combination with the meditation the whole package itself which, which often times meditation is part of a whole package a holistic sure. package of improving your life uh, and that in contrast to not doing that was actually having this effect at the genetic level you know countering the seeming stress damage to the body
0: yeah, it was, that, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that this book wasn't just a meditation technique, but it also had part two, which is these secret yep. sources of stress, and one of them is uncomfortable emotions, and yep. and how I talk about that in there about how it's not the emotions themselves that is necessarily a problem; it's our resistance to letting ourselves feel them. And I believe yep. that you know in, these women in the in the talking therapy, they were being encouraged to not resist, but to allow themselves to express yep. and feel. Uh, their emotions, you know, in the book, it's I talk about learning how to be comfortably uncomfortable um, because not all emotion is comfortable, but it's all really necessary uh, and important to allow to experience.
1: And I like that word you used, resistance. Uh, that word, resistance, is the source of so much stress in people's lives. You know, resisting, you know think the way things are, resisting an emotional, resisting A, B or C, whatever A, B or C is for you. It's resisting of it, even resisting the fact, even people like myself, you know, who are in the self-help field and you can't be feeling great all the time. People sometimes think, oh, you're an author, you must feel full of energy all the time, you must be actually floating on a cloud. And, you know, everyone's life and, and day and emotional life, goes up and down. I mean, it's it's a way of things. It's unavoidable. It's part of the fact that you're part of nature and nature cycle. So therefore, psych, reality and emotion cycle as well. And, and sometimes resisting the fact that, you know, I'm not feeling on top of the world today and thinking I should be, that actually creates stress but not resisting it and saying, you know, that's actually okay. You know, I'm just going to wallow in self or not that, but you know, I'm going to wallow in feeling low for a wee while. And that not resisting it actually catapults you back out. I think it brings exactly. you back self. Or it
0: allows you to move through it more quickly because more quickly. what you resist persists. Persists. Yeah, and yeah. you know what, remember I talk about in the book um, that it's the, it's not the, the emotion that's the problem. It's not the stress or the external event that's causing the stress—it's um, our inner conflict that's yeah. causing that, and that conflict is this—you know—conflict requires two opposing forces, and one is resistance, one is attachment. And and it, what it was really cool when it came through, you know, writing this book was—I'd been—I'd been focusing a lot on resistance. You've read my other books, and I've talked about resistance before, but yeah. I'd never seen that combination between getting stuck in the middle of of pushing something away because we are attached to something else. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't want this because I think I need that. And when we get yeah. stuck in the middle of that, so, for example, with your example, I don't want to feel tired or low because I'm attached to always feeling upbeat and happy. If you're stuck in that conflict, then that's when the, the suffering occurs. Yeah. And that's what I believe is really uh, fundamental behind behind the, the the surface causing the illness. Because I don't even believe... You know, there's some studies being done. This is quite controversial, talking to scientists about this, and it could go pear-shaped being recorded. But, um, you know, a lot of... I've I've read research that says, you know, anger creates this, and sadness creates that physical condition, and so on and so forth. You know, there's some research out there. Um, But I kind of believe it's the resistance to the feelings of anger. It's the resistance to the emotion. Do you know what I mean? Because we're attached to some other... I think that's what's really... Causing the disease because really the emotion itself is this energy. The emotion itself is moving through us for a particular purpose more often than not. Yeah. What do you, uh, just,
1: does that yeah, make uh, sense? Yeah, because resistance underneath actually creates the anger and all these other kind of things. It's like it's yeah. like peeling back one layer and finding why am I angry in the first place? For example, you know why am I sad in the first place? And often times. Underneath that the root of it is actually resisting something and oftentimes it's just resisting an emotion You know, it's just resisting expressing feeling or expressing an emotion and that creates the anger or, or the you know the frustration or the stress Underneath it, you know, mm. so yeah, absolutely well,
0: We're conditioned to control emotions from people that aren't necessarily comfortable experiencing the full spectrum of their own emotions. Yeah, yeah, and so when we're young and expressing fully not knowing that some are good and bad right wrong positive negative negative. We're getting taught, oh, don't feel that because it's actually making that person feel uncomfortable. It's, it, and and then we learn, oh, I shouldn't feel this. And before we know it, we we resist life and through attachment and resistance that creates this emotional stuff. And then we resist our emotions as well, and we wonder why we don't we have this double whammy of resistance causing this underlying stress. Anyway, I digress. So more research <laughs> we talked about uh, or what's talked about in the book is we covered the, the telomeres, which is basically saying that. If the telomeres remain healthy, the cells are more likely to remain healthy. This, well, as below as above. So, if the cells are remaining healthy, then we're more likely for the overall body to build to maintain yeah. it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Because well, the, the telomeres when they're here and, and when DNA is doing its job, then the cell is alive. So, when the telomeres eh, become so small in the cell, you know they essentially die. Then the cell dies. So, it's, and what you're seeing immediately is the environment. Around the DNA is reflecting the health of the DNA. In some respects, that's in, in not some, but many respects, that's tied into the environment of your own mind. You know, yeah. we create the the stress and the resistance in our own mind, which is then mirrored in the wearing down of the telomere and the the, the destruction of the cell. And so, in, in that respect, what's going on in here is affecting what's going on inside the body. You know. And therefore, that and that's also affecting what's happening in the rest of the body because the the body is a community of eighty trillion cells, and if you're affecting that community by you know through mental and emotional stress, then that's why it, in that respect, that's why stress can have sometimes catastrophic effects in the body if the stress is consistent enough.
0: Exactly, because like you said before to me once years ago that you know short bur- bursts of stress can actually increase immune. Uh, system, it can increase cancer-fighting molecules and stuff, but it's the, it's the prolonged stress, this underlying chronic conflict yeah. that we're really needing to find harmony with.
1: And here's a really cool thing, you mentioned, you know, one of the things you've written about actually, that I remember when I, I read through the book, was was about beliefs as well, you know, and, uh, you know, it's funny, but the, your beliefs about stress actually affect how stress affects you. You might be familiar with that research.
0: You no, know, go ahead, tell me, I want, I want to hear
1: I it. There was a study of, you know, I, I think it was like several, 20,000 people, something like that in, in the States, and they were quizzed on their stress habits, you know, how often do you experience stress, for example, over the last year. And, and what you're looking for, most of these studies show, is those who are under the most stress Tend to have the shorter lifespan. If you follow them for like twenty years, you know, 20, 30 years, you can access public records to find out who's still alive, who's not, kind of thing. And what you see if you're looking at thousands and thousands of people, I, th- I think it was actually a few hundred thousand people. It was a lot of people in in the, in the states followed over a long period of time. It might not have been that many. It was a lot of people. And, and and what the you... point. It's a, <laughs> <of people. laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. And, and what you're looking for is what you normally see is those who are under the most stress tend to have a lot shorter lifespans. But here's the thing, that wasn't entirely the case. It was only true for those who believed that stress was bad for them. It turned out, in the group who were highly stressed, some of them believed stress was bad for them, but some of them believed stress was good for them. So the death rate in those who believed stress was good for them was much lower. It was actually lower than the death rate in those who was hardly stressed at all, but who thought that stress was bad for them. So, believing that stress is bad for you was actually worse than the stress itself, and it turned out the belief that stress was bad for you turned rank number, I think, 15 on the top 20 of causes of death in the United States. Not yeah. stress, but
0: the belief that stress is bad for you. Exactly, because if you think about it, you know, we, the, the whole point of the work I'm doing at the moment is I'm trying to, lead to, you know, true empowerment through the willingness to experience anything. And if we are... We're even needing to heal a relationship with the, the the idea of stress itself, because if we believe we should never experience it, then we're going to be in conflict again. We're going to be yeah. resisting it when it occurs because we're attached to, it, to yeah. some you know ideal idea of a state that yeah. we should be in all the time. You know, so That's it makes cool. complete sense that that research. Yeah. Okay. So we covered in the uh, other other things we covered. We covered um, uh, heart health and and pain. Do you have any Cool research about either of these, you know, heart health or 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 people that have used med- meditation to help with pain.
1: Oh well, yeah. There's some there's some research that shows that meditation reduces pain. In fact, one of my favourite meditations, uh, as well as your meditations, <laughs> one of my, my favourite is the Tibetan Buddhist loving kindness. You know, because I yeah, I've written on kindness, so that's been a big thing for me. Uh, and some reser- actually
0: inspired the calm thought in the throat. I don't know if you remember the body calm. There's I am kind when you think yeah, yeah. I am kind with your focus in your throat and that's all about helping to cultivate that. So.
1: Oh, cool. Well, thanks. Uh, well, it's so ended. I mean, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but some research showed that loving kindness meditation, which is, you know, uh, may I be filled with loving kindness. May I be well, peaceful and at ease, happy, free of suffering. For myself, then it's may a loved one be filled with loving-kindness, well, peaceful, and at ease, happy, free of suffering, etc., then we extend a circle of compassion outwards to, you know, to enemies and all sentient beings. And, and they found that a practice of that had a massive, significant effect on pain levels for people with, on, who are experiencing chronic pain. You know, just that simple cultivation of an inner sense of compassion and kindness in a meditative, reflective state was enough to have a massive impact. In some respects, it's comparable uh, with with medication, you know, just that regular practice of, of the meditation. So there's lots of research that shows that because stress exacerbates pain, then it's a no-brainer, really, that if you can find a way of calming yourself, then the calming itself just alone by reducing the stress has an automatic effect on the level of, of pain that a person that a person feels.
0: And I think you're making a really good point here because often people think meditation's about what happens in the 15 20 minutes that you're meditating. But for me I meditate more for the 6 to 10 hours or 6 whatever hours but after I've just yeah, yeah. meditated, you know, and and this is what it's about. It's not just about, you know, stopping and trying to quiet in your head or, you know, giving your body rest, but it's also about shifting your your worldview shifting, your relationship with life, so that you are more lovingly kind throughout your day. Yeah, you know, and it's what we do most, I think, which impacts our health. Yeah, the, you're
1: right that the meditation is just a small part of the whole thing. The meditation it alters you, and then for you, take yourself into the world. So, exactly. so meditation is like the training program and then you take yourself in, into the world with the effects of that meditation
0: exactly because when you're meditating you're looking to uh, allow whatever needs to happen if there's thoughts let them if there's emotion let it be there if the physical sensations passing by just observe them don't get too identify with them and you're you're learning how to be more in harmony with what is okay. and you're learning unconditional acceptance which is the doorway to compassion in in, yeah. in, in a way and so when you're, it's like you're going to the gym for all these wonderful yeah. ways of being, so then when you then open your eyes and go on with your day, you're more likely to allow what's going on, be more compassionate, be more understanding, be go more with the flow, resist less, yeah. be less attached, and guess what? You end yeah. up more happier because you're no longer waiting for life to be perfect, your idea of perfect before you can eventually be happy, you're letting life be enough as it is, which is a key to contentment. And your health is obviously going to be boosted as well.
1: Yeah. And that, that little bit of happiness begins to arise because it's the resisting stuff that's blocking the happiness. And when that comes away, the happiness actually comes up from the inside.
0: Yeah, I, I mentioned in the book that happiness is uncaused. It's, it's not caused. And if it is caused by something, it has to be temporary because external stuff that causes stuff is temporary. And yeah. so true yeah. happiness is this underlying... Appreciation in a way for life and, and, and living. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? It's pretty well, nice. <laughs> so, um, we've only got a couple more minutes. It's amazing how this time flies. Um, but I really wanted to, you know, um, I wanted to do a couple of things with you while we're here. First of all, I wanted to offer is there, I'm putting on the spot here, but are there any like other kind of little meditation studies, um, studies with meditation that have shown the scientific benefits of meditation? Um, that you would really make, want to make sure people are aware of uh, through this.
1: Well, I, well, a lot of people are interested in, for overall health, the immune system, and, and there's some, you know, HeartMath, the Institute of HeartMath did some really great research. Just five minutes in a meditative contemplation of compassion and, you know, care and compassion. And, and that caused a, I believe it was a 50% increase in a... a
0: saliva in your S- A.
1: Salivary immunoglobulin A. Yeah. Oh, it's
0: almost there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's an immunoglobulin. And salivary immunoglobulin A is a, it's a part of your immune system. It's the first part of the immune system that if a person eats something, let's say you drop some food on the floor and you pick it up, you eat it, you know, you give it a wipe in your trouser leg, which is what I do. <laughs> just, if no one's watching, I don't wipe it at all. I just straighten the mouth. <laughs> no, it's fine to <laughs> Yeah, we blow, yeah, and and so if there's you know bacteria pathogens on that, then salivary immunoglobulin A is the first part of the immune system that that begins to break it down, begins to to kick into action, and what they found is salivary immunoglobulin A increased by about fifty percent after just five minutes of meditative contemplation on care and compassion. I mean that's astonishing, you know. That's your immune system literally getting this massive, you know, boost in five minutes of meditation. And think of what that then does for, the, for your overall health. If, you, if your immune system is in, in concert with your, where your mind is, then it, it shows how much of your health can actually be affected, and is being affected by where your mind is.
0: Awesome. Yeah. You know, this is going out on the day that the book officially is released. And I thought, why not, as a little bit of a bonus, why don't we end the meditation with a bit sorry, end the interview with a short meditation together uh, sure. based on what we've been talking about? How, did, yeah, how does that sound?
1: Yeah, sounds great.
0: So, like I said before, uh, the meditation, the body cam meditation technique consists of um, engaging present moment awareness by being gently alert with your awareness wide open, and yeah. then from there. You then occasionally think one of the ten calm thoughts, and we've been talking a lot today about kindness and compassion. And so I thought maybe we could do a, just a short meditation together on 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 the using the calm thought "I am kind." That sounds now, good. Now the way it works is that when you think "I am kind," you have your focus in your throat. Each of the calm thoughts has a different uh, focus point, and the focus point for this particular calm thought we're going to play with today is in the throat. So. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you you guys ready that are watching this? (laughs) It'd be great if you wanted to meditate along with us. Uh, It'd be really lovely that we could all uh, experience some kindness and compassion today. Would you like this to be an eyes open or an eyes closed meditation? I think we'll close our eyes. Right, okay. How's that? So I just want you to close your eyes, but maintain your gaze forward, almost like you're looking through your eyelids. There's no trying, there's no straining, there's no controlling. There's just a gentle gaze ahead. Because for the next few moments, you have permission to do absolutely nothing. I'm just going to guide you through a short time of meditation where you can let your body relax into the healing kindness that exists within all of us, but we sometimes get distracted from. And so as you continue to be gently alert, just let your awareness open up wider and rest as wide as it naturally wants to be. No need to imagine that. Just notice that when you try to hold your focus and attention narrow, it takes some effort. So just relax your gaze whilst maintaining a gentle alertness let your awareness open up as wide as it naturally wants to rest this is what we call GAWO, being gently alert with your awareness wide open relax the muscles in your forehead and around your eyes breathe as you naturally want to just be gently alert with your awareness wide open Now, focusing in your throat area, silently think to yourself, I am kind. Letting yourself feel it as true as you do. Having thought it, just be gently alert, with your awareness wide open, for a short while starties, there might be emotion or physical sensations, just let it all happen as you're being gently alert, push your awareness wide open. And again, focusing in the throat, think to yourself, I am kind. Letting yourself feel it is true as you do. And slowly
1: open the eyes. Well, But I'm still here. I'm still in this interview. That was that was weird coming out of that meditation. It felt like you know I'm looking at you on the screen here, and I'm thinking I'm still in this interview. Meditate, I've never meditated or been the you know guided through a meditation on an interview before I've never done it before, but it just came to do <laughs> <laughs> really super <laughs>
0: uh thank you so much for letting me uh, take you through that there's um there's as you know from the book there's there's ten other there's there's ten cam thoughts in total um they all flow into each other and they build upon each other so um I hope you enjoyed that little taster of of body calm and i felt it was really pro- appropriate for what we talked about today cuz yeah, we you true. know we i love how we always start with an intention and we all to talk about one thing and we always end up heading about other places but for me what i'm taking from this is that you know it's not necessarily what happens in the few minutes you're meditating but it's what that does to your to your relationship with life to your yeah. ability to experience kindness and compassion and understanding and forgiveness and in daily life and and from that we naturally are just healthier and happier yeah absolutely well said well thank you so much david for uh, joining me uh, and supporting me uh, with this it, your interview for this online summit i appreciate you so much